Coaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, Fancy Coaches Podcast. This is your host today, Jabron Curtis, and I don't have Steve with me, but I do have Devin here with me. How you doing today, Devin? Hey, Jibs. How's it going? I'm doing fantastic. All right. Thank you for filling in for Steve. I'm sure he definitely give you his thanks as well. But um, how did Week 13 treat you? Did you get some eliminated from some teams? Did you uh, clinch some spots, or just kind of sitting there waiting for uh, the bye week soon? I mean, primarily, I, I've already clinched a lot of my spots, um, so I'm doing pretty well as far as that goes. Um, I actually didn't play in a few weeks. Uh, I had clinched them already, and in our playoffs, it's uh, starting, so I was on bye week. Um, got eliminated in a few, but you know what? It happens. Oh, for sure. I had a heartbreak in elimination, but can't win them all, so we got to talk about what's coming up next. It's playoff time. Week 14, do or die. This is what you've been uh, waiting for this whole season, preparing for. And before we get to that, we're going to get into some news. Um, one big one was the Panthers facility closing due to a positive COVID test, which uh, DJ Moore hit in the COVID list, and Curtis Samuel was listed as a close contact. Uh, there's reports that Chris Carson's footage was not 100%. Carson Wentz got benched for Jalen Hurts. This week's starting for the Eagles is to be determined. Five players got ejected in the Dolphins-Bengals game, including fancy-relevant players like Tyler Boyd and Devontae Parker. Christian McCaffrey is expected to return in Week 14. I'm sure a lot of people are thankful for that. And then Greg Williams, the Jets defensive coordinator, was fired this morning after allowing a touchdown with less than 30 seconds, calling a zero blitz. I don't know if you saw any of that, Devin, but I'm sure you and your friends probably had a lot of things to talk about with that one. Oh, yeah, no question about it. I personally loved it. Um, played it. Even though a lot of people took the heartbreak last week playing uh, Derek Carr, I played a lot of Derek Carr this week. Um, just, you have to. I mean, he's having a fantastic season, and, and uh, the matchup was there. Um, so I was I was quite thankful for that. You know, just that little extra, I don't know, even remember how far it was, but... Uh, that, that extra six points was minimum was uh, was quite nice. Oh my god! I literally <laughs> dropped Derek Carr like five minutes before the game started, and um, yeah, didn't really work out for me. But <laughs> you win some, you lose some. You heard the I'm gonna probably my my worst beat on the week was uh, was not playing uh, Baker Mayfield and playing Russell Wilson. So. Oh wow, <laughs> that is a bad beat right there. <laughs> It's one of those ones where you're okay with it. I mean, it's a super flex league. I'm right sure Aaron's still going tonight. Um, so that should be okay, but it just makes okay. me laugh. You know, at halftime, yeah. I look up, and, and it's it's a high, hyper-scoring type league, and I look up, and at halftime, he's got 40 points, and I'm like, well, let's see what Russ has got, and then Russ didn't really cook, so. Just burning the kitchen down, man. <laughs> Okay, so we'll wrap up the news. It wasn't a really, like, news-packed weekend, but 
it wasn't that many injuries, but I'll give you a couple. Frank Gore had a concussion. Mark Andrews was not cleared off the COVID list, but Lamar Jackson got clearance, and he could start Tuesday night against the Cowboys. Philip Rivers will need off-season foot surgery. Daniel Jones said, and the Giants said they will give him every opportunity to play this week. Julian Allman still weeks away from his knee injury, and that's pretty much it for the injuries. So um, it's Monday, guys, and we got waivers for you coming up. But before then, we got a little segment called Trust or Not. We're going to give you a couple players for each position, and then we're going to tell you whether we trust them or not for some of your playoff games. And starting first with the quarterbacks, we got Jared Goff. Devin, how do, you, how do you feel about starting him in some of these playoff matches? Uh, I'm going to play him. I mean, he's got the uh, the Jets in Seattle. You absolutely can play him against um, coming through week 14 against uh, New England. I'm probably not going to play him. Um, but I think I'm going to play him based on volume pretty much at this point. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I don't trust him against the Patriots. I feel like Bill Belichick will give him some fits. But um, and that defense looked pretty stout last week against the Chargers. But weeks 15 and 16, the Jets ranked fourth, and uh, Seahawks give up the most fancy points to opposing quarterbacks. So you can make a case that Jared Goff, even though as inconsistent as he's been this whole year, that those two matchups, those great matchups, will give him a state uh, a solid floor. Would you think? Um, going to number two, Cam Newton. I am not playing Cam Newton this week. I am probably not going to play him at all, to be honest. I mean, this this past week, I think he threw for 69 yards total. You know, carried the ball, I think it was 14 times. Um, obviously, very touchdown dependent at the goal line. Um, I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm not with Cam Newton either. Like, you, you don't know how these rushing touchdowns would go. Like, I know he's a main call given, and he kind of vultures the majority of the t- touchdowns, but... And some you need passing volume, and sometimes it's passing volume sports. Sometimes it's it sees your expectations, but still, like, just no sense for you to start Cam Newton, especially given that that Russian floor could go away at any moment. That Russian floor is, of course, great, but like I said, it could just disappear at any time. I mean, I think I think the uh, those could just. I mean, he just game plans for whatever he wants to, pretty much, at this point. And, I mean, it's, it seems to be pretty decent recently, but I don't know, man. I just, I'm just not in on Cam Newton. Yeah, me neither, dude. Especially in uh, six-point-for-pass-and-touchdown leagues, I think you're definitely getting uh, the bat in the stick on that one. And then, how about a guy who's been pretty playing pretty well as of late? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been torching the world on fire, honestly. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to trust him. It's probably going to bite me in the ass, to be honest. And he's got Tampa Bay, Chicago, and uh, New Orleans. But I, I just – I have to ride it. I have to ride it in this case. And uh, and obviously J- Justin Jefferson has been a great target. I mean, he's he's a, you know he's ranked third at receiver in the in the in the league at this point, you know, and that's ahead of, you know, guys like DK Metcalf and and um, obviously Michael Thomas and and all the other guys who are doing quite well this year, but um, you know, and then he's got Adam Thielen doing doing fantastic for him. Um, so I'm definitely buying and trusting Kirk Cousins, um, even despite that matchups. 
Yeah, the matchups are tough, and I'm, I'm going to buy into Kirk Cousins as well. He's been playing extremely well over the last month. He's thrown for three passing touchdowns the last three games and pretty much has 14 touchdowns in the last five games. So you also got to think about like Tampa Bay, New Orleans, for instance. Like They do have pretty stout run defenses too. So I think that will kind of give Kirk a little bit more in his favor to air it out and try to beat some of these defenses in the air rather than kind of run Dalvin Cook into the ground. Yeah, for sure. I think that's I think that's been a lot of what a lot of what um, Kirk has benefited from this year has been them pretty much trying to to run Dalvin, run Dalvin, and then you know being able to kind of that's you know the run game setting up the pass game. Whereas I think actually moving forward uh, they're going to start trying to use Kirk Cousins to you know in the passing game to set up the running game in Dalvin Cook. Um, and I think I, like I said, it, it could either burn you or it could or it could play out well. Um, I didn't happen to look if either of those games are being played in primetime, I'll be honest, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big fact. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm still riding Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up with the quarterbacks. We're going to get to running backs now. So, rookie sensation, I don't want to call him sensation, but he's kind of picked up steam as a late Cam Akers. How do you feel about this guy? I've been out on Cam Akers pretty much all year, and I'm just going to remain out. Um, I know the, the volume has, has increased this past week, um, but it looked like, from what I saw, Henderson got hurt and banged up, and then I didn't really, I haven't had a chance to review the games, honestly, so I don't know for 100%, but uh, I don't know, I'm just not going to, I know it's it's difficult when you're when you're buying into the quarterback that, you know, you say you're out on the running back because they should go hand in hand, um, but I'm just going to go out on Cam Akers. I'm out as well. I'm still aware of the situation, like you said. Uh, well, I was watching multiple games with my friends, and um, we just saw that he said like Daryl Henderson was out, and I was like, Nah, he's in. And um, he came back in the third, so maybe he got a little bit more of his touches. But still, I want to see. You can't like go in the week 14 of the playoffs and just kind of go off on a whim. Like Cam Akers got 21 carries last week. Let me play him. You have to really see how it's going to break down. So until that running back situation goes down to more of a two-man crew or just kind of phasing out one person or both of them completely. I can't trust that guy. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, if I remember correctly, I think Henderson ripped off about 15 or 16 carries, uh, which is just insane to think about how many plays that the, the that Rams offense ran. Oh, my God. Because so I, I believe Koff threw for, like, 40 or 50 passes. It, that's what I was just thinking, too, because he's been throwing his passing volumes definitely increase, and the running backs are still getting their touches, too, so they're they're, they're picking up the pace. Yeah, I don't know if they took, a, took a, uh, a page out of the, uh, the Cardinals playbook or what? <laughs> Doing it better, though. <laughs> okay, number two, uh, I think this goes without being said, but Jonathan Taylor, how do you feel about this guy? I want to hear how you feel about, uh, about Jonathan Taylor first. Oh, okay. Like, I think I'm all in on him, to be honest. He's has pretty good matchups the last two, the first two weeks of the fantasy playoffs, although Pittsburgh, I, I probably would not even want to touch him. But the Raiders, the fourth most points to running backs, the Houston Texans, second most points to running backs. He's definitely been pretty more involved in the offense over the last two weeks. He has 35 carries for 181 yards and seven catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. I know at any given moment, 
Frank Wright could just kind of change the jigsaw puzzle up, as we've seen with having Wilkins have being more involved in the offense, Hines still snagging and vulturing touchdowns or just being too much involved in that Taylor managers wanted to be. But I, I kind of just want to read the room right now, and I, I'm seeing Taylor just having sensational two weeks, 17 touches. So, like, I'm going to go in with 17 touches against the Raiders and the Texans and take it to the grave. Yeah, no, I'm, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I think you absolutely can trust. Um, I know he's got a bad, had a, has received a bad reputation early on in the year, and a little bit in the middle there. But I, I was looking through that actually earlier today, and and the snap percentage was so low, and has now increased. You know, from it was down to for about a three week streak, three week stretch where it was about in the twenties, twenty percent, and and you know now it's up to about I think it was between fifty and sixty at this point. Um, I think I think I honestly think Jonathan Taylor was just banged up. So, I mean, I think you can absolutely play him. Definitely could have been. I think it was on. Yep, exactly. So I'm I'm trusting him moving forward. Um, and also at this point, you probably invested pretty high into him, to where you probably don't have too many other options. Nice. And, and that's the same thing with our next guy. You know, oh. you probably you, you probably spend a little too much in the draft room, and are probably quite invested to where unless you know outside of like. Like the guy like Cam Akers, who we just talked about, you know, where you probably got him so late that you probably had, you know, three or four options even ahead of Cam Akers, you know, to where you can at least, you know, trust Akers a little bit more as far as, you know, putting him on the bench in that case. Yeah, Cam Akers is your dessert, while Miles Sanders is your entree, but this entree has been kind of burnt as of lately. Yeah, not good. Personally, Devin, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, and right now it's a leap of faith. I could see Sanders is being misused in this offense. Just getting 18 touches of the, over the last two weeks is just unbelievable. It's malpractice. Um, I, I could see why they're, Doug Peterson is pretty much on the hot seat, and everything's just by going sour in Philadelphia. But against New Orleans, like I mentioned before, it, they're a juggernaut against run defense. They, they're the best run defense and fantasy football and I just can't go on seeing that he gets nine touches you're seeing Jordan Howard get a little bit involved in the offense you see Boston Scott and then to top it off this offense is just bad completely bad they're walking turnover you see points you're not going to get points so I just don't see the Eagles getting more than 10, 14 points this week, so I don't have to sit Sanders, even if I had him. Yeah, unfortunately as well for myself, Miles Sanders is definitely not going to be a play for me. Um, I never really was into him in the offseason during any kind of dynasty uh, startups or or just dynasty trades that were being made, or, you know, moves trying to happen. Um, quite frankly, like you said, I'm just not touching any Eagles offensive player or if I was playing IDP, I probably wouldn't even play them. Um, but the thing is, you know, the Sanders and the Eagles just couldn't get it done against the third easiest run defense in, the, in Green Bay. Oh, number four, Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know Nick Chubb has returned to the lineup. Nick Chubb has been pretty good player since he's returned. Spectacular. It's just kind of 
ripping off big run after big run after big run. Cream Hunt, on the other hand, has kind of just seen a start dwindle. How do you feel about Cream Hunt going against the Baltimore Ravens, New York Giants, and the New York Jets in the fantasy playoff seven? Like you said, uh, this first week, Baltimore, tough matchup. I'm probably just not going to play him, assuming I have a, a better option. Um, after that, you get the Giants and Jets. I think you absolutely can play him. Um, I do think Hunt, or, uh, Hunt's uh, nursing a little bit of a thigh injury that they're not really talking about as much as they should be. Um, so uh, I'm trusting Hunt. Um, obviously, I'm banking on getting that, that fast-catching work. Um, and you know what? Baker's playing pretty good. And I just think he's going to do pretty well. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's ride Hunt and see what happens. I don't trust him at all. Since job return, he's just plummeted in scoring with 9.2, 6.2, and 8.7 in PPR scoring. The matchups aren't the best either, and I think he could be treated as a flex in weeks 15 and 16, but as, as like, Kareem Hunt managers, you're pretty much hoping for... Chubb to break out of a long run and get near the goal line and him to get tired taking out the game and hunt for hunt to score because if he's not getting that touchdown yes like as a backup running back like I love him getting double digit carries every week but there's lack of involvement the passing game has been kind of woesome recently and I would expect him to definitely outperform, but you definitely see Hollywood Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of just performing, so they don't really have to rely on the running backs. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're completely correct about it. Um, and Hunt has been struggling. Um, but I'm just, you know, I, I think I'm willing to, I think I'm willing to sit out the week, see how he performs against Baltimore, see if it bounces, you know, if he bounces back. Back to what we were, we were kind of more used to saying when before Chubb got hurt, that one-two punch was was ridiculously good. Um, I've seen a number of guys who were playing. We had both Chubb and Hunt in a dynasty lineup, and we were just playing them both. It was you know unreal that they could actually do that. But um, <laughs> you know, and I don't blame them. I was I would have done it too. Who doesn't um, want 250 yards a game? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, but I think you know the game against Baltimore this coming week is going to tell us a lot about Hunt in the future moving forward. Um, you know as to if it was full on, you know if it's that thigh injury or or if it's actually you know the, the new the new Kevin Stefanski offense again. You know we're kind of kind of into our, our three phases of, of that offense at this point. You know with the the, the Chubb and and uh, Hunt experience and then the Nick Chubb less Kareem Hunt experience and now we're back to the you know, Nick Chubb, who was hurt and, you know, well-rested at this point, you know, with, with Kareem Hunt betting, you know, kind of nagging injury now a little bit. So I do think it's interesting. Um, I just I don't know if you got any too, too many other options on your bench again. No. You know, kind of similar to, the, you know, your, our other three that we talked about. I agree with you. Like, he'll be a flex for me. Like, he's just not, like, a RB2 that I was kind of having, like, him pegged as. Yeah, it's like the beginning, or I guess the middle of the season. So yeah, kind of coming into the season, I had him pegged, you know, as a as a high end flex player. Like, okay, I'm cool with that. And then, you know, and then he was playing so well, I was like, okay, he's he's my RB two. And I think on a couple teams, I was like, he's my RB one even. Yeah, so. uh, like I said, you're getting ten to fourteen carries as a backup running back. Uh, that's pretty valuable in my eyes. 
And we're going to go to a wide receiver. So, um, a guy who's pretty much risen from the dead. And he goes by the name T.Y. Hilton. Goes against Las Vegas, Houston, and Pittsburgh in the fantasy playoffs. How do you feel about this guy? Because I'm very skeptical. Uh, well, in my in my weekly uh, wave of wire article that I've I've been writing for all season long for the uh, for the podcast, um, a couple weeks ago I added in a droppable player section, and I think the first or second week I had T.Y. Hilton in there, and then uh, we we saw him have a couple of nice weeks right after that. So. <laughs> I don't know if that's a little bit of a fantasy reaper type uh, performance from me, and if no one should actually listen to what I have to say. But, <laughs> uh, but I'm liking T.Y. Hilton. I'm, I'm, I'm playing him. I'm trusting him. Um, it's hard to not trust him at this point. And I was looking at stats a little bit earlier today. You know, the stat percentage seemed to be pretty pretty much the same as as it had been. Um, you know, for him, for even for Pittman and and a few other guys. And I really can't understand. Outside of, and like his targets were all the same just about as they have been most of the season. I really can't understand how Phil Rivers just now finding him the ball in week 13, but um, and 14 and, and 12, and here we are. Yeah, watching some of the games at the beginning of the year, it was just air mail, and Phil Rivers just threw like crap towards him, but I just can't, like, I, I may have a personal vendetta for him for letting me down earlier in the season, but, um, He's picked it up as of lately. He has two touchdowns in the last two games. Exploded for eight catches and 110 yards last week. There's really much not to like about his matchups either, going against the Raiders in Houston, who are just kind of sieves defensively at moments. And Pittsburgh allows uh, receiving yards to wide receivers, but they just kind of just snag a defensive touchdown at the end. But I could see him getting it done. It's just... I just can't trust him in my case. Yeah, that makes sense. I can I can understand that. Uh, one thing worth noting though, you have to uh, you have to play him against Houston. Oh, it, for sure. There's something about football and T.Y. Hilton killing, you know, the Texans in football. I don't know what it is. It just happens. <laughs> that's so peanut butter and jelly. It just happens. That's the little brother for him. <laughs> and then to another old flavor, we're gonna go Jarvis Landry. He's been kind of killing it since um, well, Odell Beckham went down with the injury. Has Baltimore, has New York Jets and the Jets in Week 16. For me, I trust him with complete confidence even against that Baltimore Ravens matchup. He's just a target hog. Like, for me, fantasy football, I like volume. And having 16 receptions on 21 targets and 205 yards, two touchdowns over the last two weeks... You sign me up for that. I'll take the lump in Baltimore, lower my expectations, but against the Giants and the Jets, I expect big things from him. And maybe even could throw a passing touchdown. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, f- funny enough, he was another one of those uh, uh, droppable players I had on my list. So hopefully no one actually dropped him. But <laughs> If it's in the beginning of the year, it doesn't care. I mean, it was, it was after the Odell Beckham Jr., uh, injury was when we were right in that, uh, right in those weather games where Baker and oh. the company had a, had, had a real interesting, you know, three or four week stretch, I think it was, where they were just playing monsoons. And, and monsoon eh, wind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Perhaps bad judgment by myself. Perhaps a little bit of clickbait. I don't know what it was. We like clickbait. <laughs> 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 like, absolutely, man. Just like, uh, 
I, I think Jarvis is probably the one that I trust the most on this list that we have here. Oh, um, God, by far. You, you definitely can trust him. Uh, the only thing about that is, though, I think if you start seeing, uh, if we see Baker start fail, or not fail, but struggle, um, obviously I think Jarvis is going to struggle. We have seen that at the beginning of the year. So, and then, and then to tie back into, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, if they start to succeed, is, is you know, what does that mean for Jarvis Landry? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I do like to think that it all is plush. And number three, DJ Chark goes against Tennessee, Baltimore, and Chicago. And that is kind of murderer's row after this week, if in my opinion. And DJ Shark has just put up duds after duds. Um, I just don't really want anything to do with four catches for 45 yards and my week 14 matchup. He's been pretty much, since week seven, he has one game over double-digit PPR fantasy points, and I cannot roll with that, especially going down the road, Baltimore and Chicago. Whew. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Um, just like you said, I'm just not I'm just not playing him at this point. Um, pretty much in, in redraft after this point, um, if I if I feel com- confident and comfortable with my with my receiver situation and, and flex situation there, I'm probably just going to drop him and either look to add uh, you know my week 15 and or 16 uh, streaming quarterback or if I'm playing. You know, a def- if, if my league's playing with defenses, I'm looking for my, my streaming defense at this point. Or, you know, or, or, or tight end, of course. Um, you know, I'm looking for those good matchups that I want that I want to get that advantage a week ahead of time. Or I'm just flat out, you know, finding as many handcuffed running backs I can and adding them. Uh, so, I like what you said right now. He's just been such a disappointment. I, my, my OG Dynasty League... Um, I traded Will Fuller for DJ Chark at the draft, at the rookie draft this year, thinking, oh, man, I'm killing it. You know, that's a huge upgrade. You know, I had Fuller as my, you know, never really cracked my lineup because was, I was so stacked with receiver, but it was just like, you know, I was like, oh, DJ Chark for Fuller? Absolutely. Great deal. And mm. eh, it's not working out as well. So The bags must be feeling kind of late. Got robbed. Exactly. No, man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, once some you lose some. I can talk about I can talk about trades <laughs> all day long. So many that I, I either you know just fly out rob someone or at this point, eh, it probably didn't work out. Well, he's still a young player. Time's out yeah. over there. He probably will get yeah. sucked out of Jacksonville when they do a fire sale again in two years. I mean, Fuller's suspended at this point, so it, I mean he basically got hurt right at the playoffs time, which is you know your most important time of the season, anyways. There's so. Now watch Charcoal probably torches for 38 touchdowns each. <laughs> All right, into another Floridian wide receiver, Devontae Parker. Uh, kind of been so-so this year. What's your uh, yeah. level of confidence with him? Going to trust Devontae Parker? Um, but to, uh, you know, he's been good. Yeah, I, I, when I was looking through the stats earlier, you know, numbers, and he's been pretty good. I mean, obviously he didn't play, play most of this this last week. He got it when he got ejected, as you mentioned in the the news and notes um, section. But you know, um, but I think I think he's he's dual. You know, he's salvageable. 
you can play them. Um, some trusting them. You know, and last year we when we saw you know Preston Williams go get hurt, that's when Devontae Parker just started to ignite the world on fire. And same with Mike Kosicki, and you know that's where I'm at pretty much with uh, uh, with Parker at this point. You know, Williams has been out for a few weeks, and we've definitely seen seen a little bit of an uptick in him, but um, we also haven't seen that numbers from last year basically. For me, my trust level in Parker is definitely dependent on which quarterback is starting. Um, it's kind of looking like two is going to be the starting starting moving forward. Get Barron injury, of course, and he's definitely going to have to learn some more uh, quarterback in the NFL. But just watching the games, the production with Fitzpatrick is better, just hands down. It's possibly thinking like even thirty percent better. He garners way more many tar- uh, he garners more targets, more yards. You can look at uh, for instance against the Jets with Fitzpatrick in fourteen targets, eight receptions, one hundred and twenty yards, and then with Tua you're kind of just kind of floating around. You get maybe six five to seven catches for sixty yards. So. I think with Fitzpatrick, he's on another level. He's a high-end wide receiver, too. But with Tua, I just think he's just a low-end wide receiver, too. And you're just kind of left out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's also – on this one especially, in, in kind of the way I'm thinking, is, and it's kind of similar to that cream hunt, is what else do you have? You know, it's team-dependent at this point. You know, you're not just going to find somebody off the waiver wire that's probably going to fill in and give you better production for those guaranteed three games. Oh, not at all. You know, you, you can probably stream through it if you really want to, but at the same time, you know, do you have that, you know, do you really want to be swimming around with, with receivers this time of year? That's, I, I prefer not to. You know, I prefer to be, uh, once I get into playoff time, I prefer to be locked in with my receivers, barring any kind of injuries, and focusing fully on running backs and, like I said, streaming quarterbacks, tight ends, and, and God forbid, defenses. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Parker doesn't – the matchups aren't that bad. No, they're not. All the middle of the road, Kansas City, and New England, Las Vegas. So, it's not like world beaters, but he could be involved, and you will figure the majority of those matchups, the Dolphins will probably have to be playing catch-up. So, going to his – counterpart on the offensive end tight end Mike Kozaki how are you feeling about him you, you kind of mentioned him before yeah I'm you know kind of similar to Parker it, it, it's definitely going to be dependent on on your quarterback situation um, but at this point especially with the list of, of tight ends that we're going to talk about here um, this is the only one I'm going to trust um, it's just something about Mike Kozaki that that I, I've kind of always had a, a little soft spot for. Um, it's had a little bit of a down year, uh, but it has been the last two games has definitely been heating up. He had a down year, but if you look at the Dolphins' uh, tight end core as a whole, it's probably like a stacked unit. Like Smythe and Shaheen to be scoring touchdowns, and Guzecki's <laughs> been kind of. <laughs> Zeki's been fortunate to catch two the last two weeks, but 
Uh, I yeah, like you said, like I I'll trust him completely. You never know what the NFL could do possibly with the ejections going on in that game. Maybe Parker's even out next week. And guess who's the number one option on that the offense? Offense is going to be Mike Zeki in my eyes. He was just kind of getting pumped with uh, catches and stuff down the stretch in that game last week. But never know. Yeah, absolutely. And number two, Zach Ertz uh, got New Orleans, Arizona, and Dallas. Going off your first uh, mention, I figure you're probably not trusting them. I'm not trusting them either. Uh, just more uh, Goddard just playing a prominent role in the offense. Yeah. The QB situation's unknown, and uh, you just never know. Like, Exactly. I mean, especially as I talked about, you know, in the Miles Sanders section, I'm just not really touching any Eagles players this week. Um, and if I'm definitely not playing Zach Ertz, if I have to play a tight end, and it has to be a Dallas one or a Philly one, it's going to be Dallas Goddard. I agree with you right there. And um, the only, like, silver lining I could think of with Zach Ertz is, yeah, that was his first game pretty much coming back. So maybe they kind of pick it up a little bit. Get him more reps, but still, he ain't really looking that much down there. I mean, don't get me wrong. If 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 Zach Ertz is on the waiver wire, and I, you know, and I absolutely need to play a tight end, uh, I don't have a problem. You know, pick him up. You're, you're mostly playing the name at that point. You know, it's kind of like picking up Gronk and playing him, which I was like, that was more so at the beginning of the year, because as it turns out, he's kind of doing well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he turns it around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just coming into this year, I was definitely, you know, I figured Ertz was getting moved to the trade deadline. Um, and the fact that he didn't is berserk to me, but... Yeah, we'll see what happens during the draft or in the offseason this year. But number three is going to be Austin Hooper. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens, the New York Giants, and the New York Jets. Personally, I cannot trust Hooper since he returned from injury. He has eight catches on 11 targets for 81 yards. That's in four games. So he's basically averaging three targets. and I mean, three three catches. No, sorry, three targets and 20 yards per game. And without a touchdown, he's nothing to me. Although I would consider him in the championship game versus the New York Jets, who just got torched by Darren Waller and who's gotten torched by tight ends all this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind playing him necessarily against the Giants or Jets, but uh, at this point I think I've probably bought into too many Cleveland Browns, and, and I will be continuing to buy into them. So uh, Austin Hooper just has to be the one that is kind of left out at this point. Um, he just... You know, when he came off his uh, his injury, drawing a blank on what it was. Um, Echo pendant. You know, everyone kind of expected it. Yeah, that's what it was. But, you know, it was right after Odell got hurt, and uh, and Chubb was still out at that point, I believe. You know, and it was looking like Hooper was going to start seeing some targets, and he's just been a disappointment. Highest paid tight end in the league, disappointment. Yeah, unbelievable. Box was up. So I guess with this, with the Browns, pay a tight end sixty million the block or whatever the price was. Exactly. Um, Pin the block, which 
I mean, clearly, I haven't looked at his blocking that closely because honestly, it's fantasy football, and I, I really don't care about tight ends blocking. <laughs> um, but I mean, assuming that you know Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have been able to run that ball pretty damn well to the point, and and Baker's been getting a little bit of you know pass protection, he must be blocking pretty well. Believe it, so. So that's the end of our confidence meter slash trust or not section. Going over to waivers this week, week 14 waivers, starting with quarterbacks. Devin, who's your top quarterback this week to pick off off waivers? That's a difficult one. Um, but you know what? Um, but that Giants and Jets, you know, matchup the following weeks are too good to just do not, you know, to not want to play Baker those weeks. Um, so for me, you know, I'm willing to pick Baker up this week. And if, assuming I have another option where I'm not just flat out, flat out playing the, the stream game, even though I probably would be, um, I probably only have one quarterback on my roster. But if there's a second, you know, if I already have one from this week that I played, if I played Derek Carr this week, I'll probably play Derek Carr. But then still pick up Baker at the at the waiver wire throughout the week and uh, and ride him for the next couple of weeks. I actually love that pick. I missed out on Baker, and I don't have I had Mitch Trubisky, so I'm he was my number two. So he's my number two as well. So um, my number one, I'm gonna <laughs> go with the Old Man Rivers. He's been playing pretty well as of lately. He's thrown at least two touchdown passes. Passing touchdowns the last three weeks. He's thrown for over 280 yards in the same time span. Not to mention he's going to face the Raiders in week 14, who gives the ninth most points to the position. Uh, I feel like you could safely pencil him in for 19 points this week, although um, he still has the Raiders in week 14. I mean, he has the Houston Texans in week 15, and then you're obviously not going to want to start him in week 16 against Steelers, but I like those two weeks, and it could be a multi-week starter for someone who needs to patch up their team. Exactly, my man. Coming up here, great line or schedule in general. Yeah, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville. Like I said, not gonna lie, I am a bit of a homer. Uh, Bears are my team. Uh, Mitch Trubisky used to be my guy. Um, Mitch Trubisky still is my guy as Bears quarterback. Um, far better than than Nick Foles. I like the mobile mobile ability. Um, and honestly, I thought he played pretty well this past week. Um, offense as a whole, I thought played pretty well. The offensive line played pretty well. That uh, that strip sack right at the end of the uh, the game that ended up costing the game, costing the Bears the win, uh, was was definitely a killer, killer there. But you know, I was looking at was looking at some of the different streaming options for this week with some of my buddies and my and friends, and uh, you know, they're like, oh, it's like Tannehill, Carr, or Mitch and I was like, I mean, I play Tannehill, of course, but you know, it's not like Mitch is a bad option there. He's like, I can't do it. So, um, yeah, Mitch Trubisky, interesting player. He's, you're almost guaranteed to get some uh, some uh, some garbage time at some point, which is going to help, and then you get some rushing work. Yeah, the thing with Mitch is, if he could cut down the turnovers, I think he could be a, a pretty useful fantasy option down the road going against Houston gives the 13th most points Minnesota 15th most points and then oh my god Jacksonville in week 16 give them the third most points to quarterbacks right now um you see those games are always like 28 
30-point barn burners. So I think there could be some garbage time, like you said, and there also could be opportunity for him to score some points too. So I like Mitch Trubisky as well as a streamer, waiver wire ad in Week 14. Yeah, I mean, there, there's probably better options. I mean, um, you know, you, as far as, like, the actual football plays, um, you may want to close your eyes if you're going to watch the game or just not watch the game for your fantasy team. That's probably your better option. Um, one thing worth noting, it seems like the defense has been, uh, on, on the better side of the ball, has been kind of, I'm going to call it phoning in the last couple of weeks, the last two, really, um, against Detroit and Green Bay, which is really interesting being a divisional um, game. And I don't know if that's going to, you know, if that's going to affect the way, you know, if Mitch gets the ball more, or if that means he's going to get less. But, um, you know, like I said, it's Mitch Trubisky. Um, I prefer him over Nick Foles, as you, you mentioned uh, off air, that you prefer Nick Foles. I, it's what it is. You know, it's, that's probably the uh, Nick Foles winning you a Super Bowl for the uh, for the Eagles versus, you know, Nick Foles. Not really oh, anything with the Bears. Oh, for me, it was just whoever's starting. Whoever has oh, okay, that start, okay. I, I don't care. Like, this, the matchups are too good. And yeah, then, um, other um, options you can consider for quarterbacks, you got Tua, he's 22% owned. Baker Mayfield, 28% owned. Oh, you said Baker. But um, Mike Lennon, 3% owned. Sam Darnold, 5% owned. And then Jalen Hurts, if he does get that start. Uh, we saw him throw a touchdown pass. He is pretty much unowned in most leagues. So running backs, I know with like COVID-19 and um, going on, like a lot of fancy uh, leagues probably like expand their rosters and it's getting towards that stretch run and waivers are dry if you're trying to find a running back. There's nothing there. So uh, we're just going to give you one guy this week. (laughs) And um, Devin, take it away. It's Tony Pollard for me. just simply at this point, it, you know, Zeke seems to, I don't know if he's hurt or or what's going on there, um, but Tony Pollard seems to look like the guy who, who at this point, actually looks better, um, quite frankly. And, and like I said, if Zeke, you know, if Zeke goes down, then Tony Pollard's just going to win you a league at some point. Um, so, like I said, for me, it's Tony Pollard. I know we said only one, but it's worth noting that John Gruden earlier today did come out and say that Josh Jacobs basically does not have a timetable for his injury that he knows of at this point. And if Devontae Booker's out there on your waiver wire, you absolutely need to pick him up. I like that one too. Definitely, uh, even after that poorest performance, but he still got a lion's share of the carries for the Raiders, so you got to take the touch of volume. Um, and then also worth noting, if Frank Ward remains hurt, then Ty Johnson is... It's, it's salvageable, I mean, if you really want that. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I was going to um, pretty much give up. That's the only thing that can knock Frank Gore out of the NFL is concussion, but uh, Ty Johnson, the former Detroit Lion, made great use of his uh, opportunity filling in for Gore last week. 22 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. There's a chance that Frank Gore could play in Week 14, but if not... I would love to make Ty Johnson my priority at this week. We just saw Alfred Morris and Wayne Gallman destroy that Seattle defense. So there's optimism that uh, Ty Johnson could have a, I want to say repeat his performance, but 
the Leafs have a admirable day running the ball and just kind of filling in, filling in the role. Sure, and it's 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 worth noting that the first and only time I've ever played Frank Gore in my life, he uh, gets hurt on the second play of the game. <laughs> and you play I think that's 30. one of those plays that did not make the playoffs. Yes, and I play him when he's third. Twenty twenty, what a year! And exactly, some, I mean that, that's what it came down to. Some other people we could consider: Tevin Coleman, seventeen percent owned; Jordan Wilkins, fifteen percent owned; Sammy Michelle, thirteen percent owned. Alexander Madison, thirty-four percent owned. He could have a lower percentage after being ruled out last week, and then that's about it. So wide receivers. Who's your number one wide receiver this week? Uh, assuming Kiki Cootie is still on your waiver wire, it's definitely going to be Kiki Cootie. Um, he may not be. I'm not I'm not saying that he is, but after you know, after Will Fuller got suspended, everyone everyone kind of ran into the the waiver wire. But you know, the the expectations did live up to uh, you know live up to what to what it was. Oh, for sure, he had a massive first game coming into that newly elevated role in the offense. I think it was eight catches, like 140 yards or so. And like I said last week on the podcast, we were used to seeing Watson and support Cooks and Fuller as pretty much good wide receiver twos. And although Kiki QT has two matchups in the Bears and the Colts, he should provide fancy managers with the great wide receiver three and, and or flex value. And then he was my uh, number one as well, Devin. So I'll just go with number two for me. Alan Lazard, he hasn't done anything special since coming back from injury, but he's had seven receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. And I just want any part of this Packers offense besides uh, Devontae Adams because he's not going to be on the waiver wire. (laughs) And the schedule is pretty much beautiful. The Packers... Face Detroit, they give them the ninth most points to receivers. Carolina, and um, Carolina has allowed uh, three wide receivers to reach double-digit points in half PPR leagues. Although they give the 12 fewest points, and then Tennessee gives up the eighth most points to wide receivers. So I want an ancillary piece in this offense, and Alan Lazard's definitely going to provide that for me, especially just seeing MVS just drop bombs after bombs every week. Yeah, um, oddly enough, Alan Lazard actually was my, uh, my second <laughs> as well. Um, also, oddly enough, um, most recently this week, in playing a in uh, fantasy league, Devontae Adams was on my waiver wire. Uh, in that case, you should <laughs> possibly be in the waiver wire. You, you spend all the money you can, all your fab, which was $0, and a $0 bid won. Damn. Uh, I got CMC for zero dollars or zero fab. Justin Jefferson went for eleven fab, which was all the fab left in the league. Wanted <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson. Yep. Can't blame the guy. It was so so good. All right, you give me your third uh, wide receiver. Yeah, I want to hear. Your match. Uh, I have Tim Patrick. All right, well, I don't have Tim Patrick, so <laughs> take it there. Oh, I didn't have anything really about him. I'll, I'll be honest. 
Oh, okay. Well, Tim Patrick scored a touchdown last night against the Chiefs. He's definitely been... He's been involved in the offense as uh, Drew Locke's been at the head of the helm. Although we could kind of take week uh, 12 as a wash for every um, Denver Broncos player, but he's had... (laughs) Four games straight with double-digit PPR fantasy points. Nothing to hold your head on in full PPR, but still, he's one big play away, and he has five touchdowns this year, so he's not that option, especially with Judy being banged up. For sure. And for me, I'm going to go... Rashad Higgins, I know he has a Ravens this week, and I wouldn't re- recommend him as a start, but I do like his involvement in the offense, playing second fiddle to Landry. Uh, like you mentioned with Baker Mayfield, we could peek ahead to week 15 and 16, and he plays the Giants, 17th uh, best defense against wide receivers, and he like most likely won't face James Bradbury, their top corner. And then he has the Tank and Jets, he gives the six most points to wide receivers in week 16, so... If you're playing in the deep league and you need a extra wide receiver or flex, I would I would like Hollywood Higgins to be that guy for you. Or Rashad Higgins. <laughs> they call him now. He should be. Might as well be Hollywood. Uh, for my fourth one, Nelson Aguilar. Okay. I know he's it's kind of been you know earlier in the year he was doing well, had a nice little stretch where he was scoring some points, and this week he looked like he was, he was ready to just lock and load it against the Jets, and eh, he didn't really do a whole lot. Um, but, you know, he looked like he was there. He saw a season high level in targets, you know, which is fantastic. Third Derek Carr targets, but I kind of have a little bit of a love affair this year with Derek, Derek Carr regardless, as it turns out. Didn't know that coming into the year that I would, but, um, you know, and I, I, I'm willing to take that, you know, that, that high high upside type of risk at this point where you know versus yeah i know you know it's a receiver position and everyone else on that list probably has you know just as high of upside if not more you know especially you know you hear the name nelson Aguilar and it sounds terrible but you know i've kind of been preaching it a little bit in my uh in my waiver wire article all year it's you know i, I kind of kept finding myself going back to the well you know looking looking to you know write about him but i was just like i don't want to but i'm going to you know he's always there that's for sure. My fourth one is going to be Colin Johnson for the yes, uh, yes, yes. Jacksonville Jaguars. He has two weeks putting up pretty good numbers, playing a part-time role in the offense. I think his snap share was 81% last week with the injuries to Chris Conley and um, was Shark out? I think Shark was out last week. And then this week he plays 54% of the snaps. Still... Garners catches four catches, 66 yards, and um, I just like his rapport with Mike Lennon, so I think he could be someone you could look at. I don't think you wouldn't want to be starting him in the playoffs, but he could be someone that you could block from another manager to get or just another bench wide receiver just to help with death in case of injury. Yeah, absolutely, and especially if you're know if you playing a dynasty and, and Colin Johnson's out there, I absolutely think you have to pick him up. I mean, I picked him up many, many weeks ago. I don't remember where I picked up for seven weeks minimal. I can't remember. We were looking at, it was one of the primetime games 
earlier this year and we we're looking at some of the some of the profits and you know, I was looking at it and I go, dude, Colin Johnson scoring a touchdown here. Didn't I think he got a couple of looks at at the end zone and the in the in the red zone, but that was about it. You know, we were like, dude, we almost had it. You know, it was so close <laughs> and then you know, last week when especially when he or uh, two weeks ago when he kind of a little bit of coming out party and you know, we just like, Yeah and then this week again, I was like, Yeah <laughs> He's almost there. And then some other wide receivers you could consider. Dar- 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 Darnell Mooney, 11%. Russell Gage, 9%. Hunter Renfro, 50% owned. Jalen Rager, 21% owned. Jalen, I mean, Denzel Mims, 10% owned. The Vishka Chanel, 14% owned. MVS, 17% owned. Perryman, 18% owned. Anthony Miller, 15% owned. Gabriel Davis, 5% owned. He's probably playing now. Quentin Cephas, 0% owned, and then a guy named Chad Hansen, 0% owned. I've never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I forget what team he played on, but he was doing some damage. I know it was on Houston, or I believe it was on uh, Houston. Oh, yeah, it was on Houston. Yeah, he was doing some damage on Houston. So, tight end. We're, we're going to give you the field first. Trey yeah. Burke. <laughs> Gerald Everett. Dalton Schultz. Jordan Reed, Will Disley, Jacob Hollister, Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert, Cole Komet, Drew Sample. It's been the same guys for the last eight weeks. So, guys, <laughs> just keep looking at these guys. Keep fishing. Keep pulling up your guy. Like, you're going to play a rotisserie with these guys. But, uh, Devin, give me your guy. We probably don't have the same one. Uh, it's Trey Burton. Um, just been the best one pretty much out of this uh, group. I will go ahead and feed him that little bit of a. Um, I think he's the tight end one in Chicago now. Uh, Jimmy Graham has really kind of gone missing. It seems like the last couple of weeks. Whereas uh, Cole Komet, I think he saw seven targets this week, scored a touchdown on a nice little play action tight end dump off. Um, I, th- I, I think this is. I think we're we're starting to see the emergence of Cole Komet in the offense, and uh, and the disappearance of Jimmy Graham, which I'm more than okay with. So I think moving forward, you know, if, if at this point you're if you're having to stream a tech, you know, you, you may be worth picking up Coco Matt and seeing, if, you know, if you strike gold over these last three weeks, or you know, if you really want to risk a, you know, a goose, you know, otherwise grab Trey Burton and get your oh, perfect, perfect segue because that was my uh, waiver guy and my. Uh take on it it's just more of a speculative ad he did post his best game of his young career mm-hmm. like you said 37 yards and a touchdown he has three good matchups in a row houston minnesota jacksonville uh, maybe week 14 you could wait and see unless you're desperate but the vikings in week 15 tendency have allowed the two have a tendency to allow yardage to tight ends while jacksonville just allows tight end after tight end to score touchdowns so he could be that nice little lottery ticket for a tight end that we all been waiting for for the last eight weeks of the season, but he's going to be my uh, waiver wire priority tight end this week. And that's the show, guys. So, yeah, yeah, teams, absolutely, guys. Absolutely, it's been a long season. I hope you guys made the playoffs, but continue listening. We have our start sit show again, hosted by me Wednesday. And uh, you can always Follow us at www.thefantasycoaches.com where we have our waiver wire articles, any articles you could think, DFS, 
De- Coach Devin's waiver wire stuff. And Devin, tell them the listeners where they can find you. I can find me on Twitter at A-I-N-M-A-N-E-Y. Right, you can find me at Hot Take Concho on Twitter. You can follow the fantasy coaches at Coaches Fantasy. You can follow Coach Stephen P. You know the the guys. Follow, listen, subscribe, leave reviews, all the good stuff. I'll holler at you guys Wednesday. Peace out. The bag is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mighty has entered the room. High up the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that. Go.